This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. All right, what is going on? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. We have some great questions today. So let's go ahead and just dive right into it. First question of the day. You talk a lot about periodizing nutrition for fat loss. What do we need to consider when periodizing nutrition for making gains? All right, love this. So first and foremost, um, basically this idea of nutritional periodization, which is something that sounds very sexy, but basically... The idea here is within this like amount of time that we have to accomplish this long-term goal, within that we want to make sure, or I should say often we have these different phases within this long-term goal, Like, and these different phases have different desired outcomes, but they're all pushing us towards the long-term goal. So typically in a fat loss phase, this is like, because I know that was a little convoluted, in a fat loss phase, this is typically like, okay, we're starting with this prepare phase, we're making sure all your habits are on point, you're eating plenty of protein, you're getting plenty of steps in, um, we know how to track accurately, you're recovered from your last diet, your metabolism, your hormones are in a good place. Then we have the fat loss phase. And then we have, okay, after eight to 12 weeks, we're going to take a diet break. Then we're going to push you back to a fat loss phase. And maybe we take a longer maintenance phase and another fat loss phase and another maintenance phase and then a reverse diet. And all this is leading to the same outcome of um, whatever. You want to lose 30 pounds and maintain a lean body you feel super confident in. All of this, despite all being these different distinct phases, is all pushing us towards that same outcome and you being able to achieve that in a sustainable manner. So truly periodization is such a key piece of being able to maintain the results you want long-term. Now, that's an example for fat loss. So for, but just to like, in terms that most of this audience will understand. So when we're talking for gains, the reality is for most people going through a pure gaining phase, you'll likely be more intermediate to advanced. Most newbies that I start coaching with want to get a bit leaner and build muscle at the same time. So we like, we're typically right around maintenance or in a slight deficit. So typically when we're actually, okay, we're going to focus on making gains. This is the point where we know we can't really achieve that recomp effect. Like it's mostly going to be a waste of our time to try to lose fat and build muscle at the same time. We need to go all in on one goal, which again, this is typically lifters that have been training for over two years. Many people that I work with in this, within this situation have been like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to commit to building. Um, and then after two weeks, ah, fuck it. Like feeling a little bit too fluffy. Okay. I'm going to commit to cutting. So for most people, it's literally like, okay, we are literally going to commit the next six to 12 months to just building, eating in a slight surplus, being okay with gaining a bit of fat, Because long-term, we know that next time we cut you down and get you as lean as you are now, you're going to have a lot more muscle on your frame and your physique is going to look drastically different. You're going to be a lot happier with how you look. And this is something that for women and men alike is a game changer as far as your physique goes. So anyways, taking to this concept of periodization, really typically how we see it, the more time we can spend in a surplus, the better. So within a, um, in a slight surplus, 
Also realize that the magnitude of the surplus, like we don't need to be in a massive calorie surplus to build muscle. So we don't want to, whereas like in a fat loss phase, we would do something like, we'll often do something like, okay, two weeks, two days of the week, we're going to have higher calories. Five days of the week, we're going to have lower calories. In a muscle building phase, we wouldn't want to do that because overall, if our body is in a deficit, so for example, if we gave you two really high days, so that you could have more freedom on the weekends and then the other five days you were in a slight deficit that would still be very detrimental to your gains because we want your body to sense that there's more energy coming in than going out so it'll prioritize building muscle which is a very energy expensive or calorie expensive process so it's important that we're spending most of our time in a slight surplus so also on a side tangent like if we're towing the line too close between a deficit and maintenance or slight surplus, often people are like unknowingly spending too little time in a surplus to actually be able to make positive results. Now also realize that like we don't have to be in a surplus to make gains, but it is more conducive. So here with the goal being to optimize everything possible, it makes sense too. And I've kept, this is something I've shifted my stance on relatively recently, but it does make sense to be sure that we're in a surplus. So we don't want to tiptoe that line too much, but we also don't want to be overly aggressive and just gain a ton of fat. So typically I'll say like 10% over maintenance calories is a good place to be here. So from there, the reality is a gaining phase can go on for quite some time. Now we know that if you were to basically the where our endpoint is within a gaining phase is or like where we would switch focuses from just being in this consistent slight slight surplus is if we start to see too much body fat accumulate so basically we know that optimal nutrient partitioning or basically where more of the nutrients that you take in are shuttled to being stored as muscle instead of fat is going to happen for generally most men around 10 to 15 percent body fat and for most women around 15 to 25 percent body fat now keep in mind these are generalities but that's the common thinking so we want to stay within this body fat range past that point if we go beyond that then we start to see more of the weight that you continue to gain being muscle or excuse me, being fat, and less of that percentage of weight being muscle. Now, again, and this is what's known as your P ratio or partitioning ratio. Now, again, some fat gain for intermediate to advanced lifters is honestly just part of the process. It's unavoidable. And for me personally, it's been something that I've had to come more and more to terms with. Like, we just don't want to tiptoe that line too closely where we're not making gains at all. But once we start getting too fluffy, that's typically when we introduce either a mini cut or a long-term cut. So if we know that like the long-term goal, let's say we are five months into a gaining phase and the client still wants to build a lot more muscle, but they're towing that line of, okay, maybe it's a dude and they're at like maybe 17, 18% body fat. You're feeling pretty damn fluffy. We know we don't really want to keep continue gaining at this rate. This is where we'd implement a mini cut. So this is an aggressive fat loss phase. It's typically six weeks or less. Once we get past that point, we're starting to risk more muscle loss. But the goal here is to push very quickly for fat loss. So up to 1.5% of body weight per week. Now, 
Here again, our entire goal is just bringing body fat down quickly will often reduce training volume as well. I don't always reduce training volume depending on where the client is at, but if it's somebody that's doing a lot of training volume, we can typically reduce training volume. And again, within this short time frame, we don't really have to worry about muscle loss. From there, the goal is just to shed body fat as quickly as possible and get back to productive building as quickly as possible. So say this client we're working with is 18% body fat. Before we start the mini cut, we end the mini cut, they are, um, let's say 13 to 14% body fat. Okay, dope. Now we can get back to productive building for a couple more months before we feel like we're outside of this optimal P ratio again. And often we can just rinse and repeat that process for quite some time. Again, just trying to spend as little time as possible in a calorie deficit, cutting when we need to, making it quick, aggressive, and then getting back to productive building. And then when it comes time for most, and really for most clients, what this process looks like is around September or October for many people. Okay, I will done like many people just want to maintain over the summer, just feel lean or will cut through early summer, maintain through the last few months of the summer. And then we'll reverse diet transition. And that's the reverse diet is often through the latter half of the summer. And then we'll transition into a lean gains phase through the fall, winter, about three months before summer. Okay, it's time to be ready. So let's say like March to April. Okay, let's hop back into a cut. And we're going to spend the next three months uncovering all the progress you've made over the last whatever six to seven months and seeing what your new physique looks like. And we'll go in a longer cut where we're not as aggressive. We're focusing on getting leaner. So if we have a lot to lose here, which again, after if we've already gone through the process of like getting lean, going through a lean gains phase and then getting lean again, there won't be too much to lose. So typically we can do this in two to three months, but it also makes more sense to go a little bit slower here than we would a mini cut. But for most people, that's like what the typical yearly process looks like. Ideally, it's about nine months of the year where we're focusing on building, focusing on gaining, and just a couple months of the year where we're in a deficit. Now that said, like the initial fat loss phase, which most people that start coaching want to get a lot leaner, that typically takes a lot longer. But then throughout the coaching process, you're always much more in check. You're much more accountable. We never get that far away from the body fat that you feel super comfortable at, the body fat that you feel very lean in. So it's never as hard to get back there. Most people, and this is like most people's fear. Damn, I'm off on a random tangent today. But um, most people's fear is like, after I end the cut, going into a surplus sounds scary because we are um, eating so much more than we were before. But realize again, like we're tracking all your metrics every week. We're looking at your weight every week. So we are not going to let you get so far away from this. We're, you're never going to go back to the point you were before where you have like 30 to 40 pounds to lose. We're keeping you very close to your desired leanness. We might push out a little bit to gain a little bit more muscle, but we can get you back to the leanest condition of your life very quickly because we never get too far away from that. All right. And I think I... I don't think I could possibly talk more on that question. So next we have, what is the best training split for fat loss? All right. So the thing to understand here is our training doesn't, we don't train for fat loss. I always tell my clients, we want our goal with your training to be to building muscle, to build strength. Nutrition is the catalyst for your fat loss because no matter what, like for most people, 
calories burned during exercise account for about 5% of your total daily calories, calories burned. Just not that much of your overall metabolism comes from fat loss. So it doesn't make sense to like if we have these <laughs> like constant hit style training where we're just doing circuits, focusing on burning as many calories, but we're not actually doing anything to build muscle. It's kind of like a shitty, it's a shitty fat burning workout and it's a shitty muscle building workout. So we're just not getting very much of anything. So, and this is a mistake many people make. Like I know this is one of the mistakes I made back in the day when I was trying to lose fat. Whereas before I very much followed like a bodybuilding style of programming, focusing on progressive overload, the compound movements, I shifted to, and then when I tried to lose fat, I shifted to very much like this constant circuit that where I was always moving, never taking rest between sets. And as a result, the amount of overload I was able to implement within my training decreased drastically. And along with my fat loss, I lost a lot of muscle because I wasn't hitting my muscles with the training stimulus I needed to continue to grow or at least maintain. And that's a mistake. So it's a very much a mistake to like, if you're going into a fat loss phase, drastically shift your strength training, very much focus on progressive overload, take the same rest periods, focus on variations, squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, getting stronger in the five to 15 rep range. Those are all good rules of thumb. I really wouldn't change up how you're training too much. In general, I would be following either a three times a week full body split, a four times a week upper lower split, or potentially full body split, or a five times a week upper lower, upper lower, upper, or lower, upper, lower, upper, lower, or upper, lower, push, pull, lower split. All that allow for two to three times per week frequency, um, but from there again, like the goal shouldn't be, I'm going to burn X amount of calories. The goal should be, I'm going to build as much lean muscle and strength as possible with my workouts or with my training so that as I shed body fat with my nutrition, I will have a great physique to unveil underneath this. That is a product of my training. All right. Next question in response to today's post. So <laughs> Um, for this podcast on Monday, I made a post about how to program better cardio for your clients. Are you saying that LIS or low intensity steady, steady state is the only way to program cardio for fat loss? So no, that is not necessarily what I'm saying. So again, for context here, I made a post, um, and I also talked about this on this show, what, last week? If you haven't listened, go ahead and go back to, or after this episode, I'll definitely go back and check out the Energy Systems 101 podcast. Um, I think it was Energy Systems 101, how to program the most effective cardio for your clients or something like that. But basically I talked through how generally it makes more sense for us to focus on aerobic work for clients because it's less taxing on the body. It actually helps promote recovery. Whereas if we were having our clients do a ton of anaerobic work, so generally think like what we typically think of as HIIT style training, or it could even be like all out assault bike sprints for many rounds, different things like that, where we're, the level of intensity is very, very high. We have to realize that in a, or in a fat loss phase, basically for, or at least for the clients that I work with, the goal is to build a lean, strong physique. So that requires us, one, losing fat, but two, building muscle or maintaining muscle. So with our training, 
basically we're looking at where are we allocating stress because we only have a certain amount of recovery resources we only have a certain amount of stress we can recover from this is especially true in a fat loss phase because because the recovery resources we're taking in aka calories are typically much less so we only have a certain amount of stress we can apply to our body and recover from before that stress becomes counterproductive and we get worse results. So we want with the goal like being to build as much muscle or maintain as much muscle as possible. We know that in the most ideal world, we want to be sure that we're recovering from all of our strength training first and foremost, right? So that in itself, if you're training four to five times a week, is going to take up a ton of your recovery resources. So the reality is, if we're doing too much high-intensity cardio, it's rec- it's very much so competing with these recovery resources because that also creates a lot of stress on your body. So it's very much competing with these recovery resources for um, with your strength training. So if we're doing a solid dose of strength training, but then we're doing too much high intensity cardio on top of that, we could actually see like, okay, maybe my muscles aren't able to recover as well. I'm not making as much progress, or I'm even potentially seeing a bit more muscle loss because we're not prescribing cardio as smartly as we could be. So on the flip side, aerobic work, which isn't always necessarily low intensity, like aerobic work, we can get to the point where we're pushing your heart rate relatively high, like up to 150 beats per minute, which if you've done that for an extended period of time, it's a pretty good clip. But so it won't necessarily always feel like, damn, this is so easy. Like it's not always necessarily just like an easy walk on the treadmill. It could be again, like rower intervals for six to eight minutes when we're just focusing on sustaining pace. But The point here is training like that actually helps promote recovery, whereas high intensity training is going to steal our recovery resources from the training that we're doing in the gym. So I'm not always saying like, I'm not at all saying like high intensity training is the devil, but we need to be smart with programming it. And I do think many coaches uh, with the dose, they just way overdo it. So where I like to program high intensity stuff is more like in finishers for example so okay we finished the workout now we're gonna hit five rounds of 30 seconds all out effort 90 seconds rest on the battle ropes or kettlebell swings or something like that so okay we're jacking your heart rate up we're burning a few more calories it's not a crazy amount of burn but we are adding a little bit more calorie burn here to help speed up your fat loss a bit and honestly for the most part this just gets more buy-in from the clients. Again, we know that's not going to create a huge, huge, huge calorie burn effect, but it will be helpful. But honestly, for aerobic or for cardio programming, like a specific cardio day, I will almost always program aerobic work over anaerobic work for fat loss clients. It makes sense, like in a prefer for a performance perspective, to program some anaerobic work. Like if a client wants to build their performance, build their alactic and lactic energy systems. But from a fat loss perspective, it just makes more sense to focus on aerobic work. All right, guys. And that is all I have for you today. Hopefully you took value from this podcast. If you did, do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot of this podcast right now, share it on Instagram, and tag me. I want to connect with you and thank you for listening. And you're also really helping me grow 
the reach of this show, which I truly appreciate. All right. And again, that is all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in.